we've got to be bold about getting that great work done. If you're challenged in doing that because you're attending genuinely time-wasting meetings, then it's worth rethinking your approach. Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do, so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hello there, and welcome to episode 49. Well, you've passed the first test, because even though you saw that our title suggested that this podcast is about meetings, you still press play. Now, if you're looking for some information on how you can get more meetings in your day, or how you can go to more meetings because you don't go to enough of them, well, then I'm afraid you've come to the wrong place. However, if you are looking for good ideas on how to avoid them, or how you can make them be less painful, or even really useful, then, by all means, carry on playing. The fact is that meetings are a feature of work life, and sometimes they can be great, but other times they can really suck. But they don't have to be bad news, whether you run meetings or whether you go to them. We found loads of resources that can help you make them work better for you, whatever part you play in them. I said better again. It's been a while since I've commented on my DJ speak. Anyway, the good news is that in this meeting that we're having today, there are no charts, there's no PowerPoint, and the only thing on our agenda is, as always, to help you get better at the stuff that you have to do. You see what I've done there? I've made it seem like this episode's a meeting. I hope it's a good one. Or I'm off. Hang on a minute. I can't leave, can I? I'm the host. So turn your phone off, put your out of office on, and join us as together we sort out meetings. So if you Google who invented the meeting, you might come across a Chicago Tribune article. Now, according to this report, Aristotle's younger brother, Metistotle, invented the meeting and he was stoned to death for doing so. Now, I don't think that's true. But if you work in an office or you deal with clients or pretty much in most walks of life, at some point, we'll end up in a meeting of some description. Now, at best, they can be really energizing and they can be positive and they can help you get more done. But at worst, well... The phrase stoned to death in some cases can feel almost preferable. And even if you don't have to go to an actual meeting room, these days we've got conference calls, Skype meetings, virtual meetings, rumbles, stand-ups, webinars. In fact, technology has ensured one thing. Being out of the office doesn't mean that you can escape a meeting. Have a listen to this and see if you recognise anything. Right, let's get this call started. Dial in. There we go. Welcome to the Aronex conference service. Please enter your access code. Hello? Has someone else joined? A caller has joined the meeting. Hi, who's that? It's Clive. Am I the first one in? Yeah, I think so. It's just you and me so far. Great. I wanted to get in before Jeff. He's been a pain in the backside this week. Clive, 
This is Jeff. Sorry, did I say Clive? I meant, um, Cliff. Yeah, it's Cliff. Is this the Luton server conference call? Uh, no, Clive. It's the Monday sales meeting, as you know. Sorry, Jeff. A caller has joined the meeting. Hi, who's that? It's Julia. Hi, Julia. Where are you today? Oh, Jeff, I'm stuck in traffic. I couldn't find somewhere to park. I'll need to keep it on speaker, but I'll mute it now. Thanks, Julia. Oh, can't you drive? Come on! Are you some kind of f***ing idiot? Julia, I don't think you've put us on mute yet. Sorry, Jeff. A caller has joined the meeting. No, you all have to take him. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday. Hello? Oh, hang, hang on. Hello? Have we started? Yes, Paul, we have. Sorry, Jeff. I, I didn't think we were going. Am I the first one in? No, we've got Julia and someone who isn't sure if he's Clive or Cliff. All right, sorry. No, we've started. I'll call you later. Morning, everyone. Morning, Morning Paul. Paul. Okay, can you all put your phones on mute, please? We'll give the others a few seconds. A caller has joined the meeting. Right. Hi, who's that? Right, it's Mark. Sorry, I'm in a bad reception. How are you, Jeff? Am I the first one in? No, Mark, we've got Paul, Julia and Clive. Okay, right, let's just get started. You know that I like these things to run on time. It's really important. So, have you all got the minutes from the last meeting? Asshole, you move. Don't you know how to stay in your lane? Julia! Sorry, Jeff. Okay, does everyone have A the minutes? has joined the meeting. Yeah, hi, it's Nathan. Am I the first one in? No, Nathan, we've started already. Nathan, are you with Sheila today? I don't think she's dialed in yet. Can you find out if she's joining us? Hi, Jeff, I'm here. Oh, sorry, Sheila. Have you been here all along? Yes, Jeff. Morning, everyone. Morning, Sheila. Morning, Sheila. Yeah, morning, Sheila. OK, can we get started? I'm really not happy with these figures. They're absolutely terrible. Who's going to explain to me first what on earth is going on? Hello? A caller has left the meeting. A caller has left the meeting. Hello? Okay, so maybe that's a bit exaggerated, but I'm guessing there's a few of you who can relate to some of that. Now, according to an article by CNBC, 65% of senior managers said that meetings stop them from doing their own work. 71% found them to be unproductive and inefficient. And 62% said that meetings miss opportunities to bring the team closer together. Now, as someone who has held many meetings in my career, trust me, over the last 30 years, I have made all of the mistakes that we're going to talk about today, as many people who've been in my meetings will testify to, especially in my earlier days. So, in the spirit of getting better, I've done some research into how, together, we can take this important aspect of working life and make it better for everyone. Now, there are so many negative things associated with meetings, it's no surprise that we probably don't love them. Here are some of the worst. Death by PowerPoint. Here is slide one of 164. 
double booked rooms where a team of 15 people end up crammed into a room the size of a cupboard. Or for our American friends, a closet. Listening to the same person drone on every week because he or she loves the sound of their own voice. And I don't just mean the person who's holding the meeting. Badly organised conference calls or video meetings where you spend 15 minutes while people try to get connected and then you get told to put your phones or your computer on mute because no one can hear anything. Struggling to concentrate on what's being presented to you because all you can think about is the work that you're currently not getting done while you sit in this room for the third time today. Someone saying, there's no such thing as a bad idea, and then you listen to five of the worst ideas thought up by mankind. What about the surprise meeting? You thought you were finally going to get that really important task done today, but surprise, we're having a meeting. And worst of all, leaving a meeting without any clear idea of who's doing what, why we had the meeting, and that sense of dread because you know you're going to go through it all again at the same time next week. Now, I don't think anyone who calls a meeting does it with the aim of it being terrible. I'm sure the intentions are good, but they can easily turn into a massive time suck. So, how do we make them better? I found some great ideas which can help us in three ways. Firstly, if you're someone who holds meetings, how, with a little bit of preparation, you can give them some sparkle and turn them into something that people actually want to come to. Secondly, if you have to go to meetings, we found some great ideas on how you can not only get the most from them, but how you can actually make it better for everyone. And finally, we're going to look at some really creative and even revolutionary ideas which you can try if you dare. Now, these come with a health warning. They're not for everyone, and only you can decide if you've got the gall to try them out. So, let's fire up the OHP. Can you remember what an OHP is? If you can, welcome to my world. If you can't, Google is your friend. Um, let's fire up the OHP and learn how we can turn a dull, dismal brain drain into something a little bit more interesting. So let's start with some basics. Forbes have a nice article written by Dean Brenner. Now, Dean is the president and the founder of the Latimer Group, who've been helping people communicate better for 16 years. And after all, a meeting is communication. And as Dean explains, good meetings actually make a great difference. And it is true that meetings can be great and useful. I've been to some really good ones. I've even held some good ones. So there's hope for all of us. Now, I'll put this article in the show notes, but from Dean's 13 ideas, lucky for you, here's my take on the best ones. Firstly, respect your attendees' time. Starting on time and ending on time is good. Ending even a few minutes earlier is better. Secondly, get to the point. What do you actually want to get across? Why are you having the meeting? And then at the start of the meeting, making sure that you say it directly, clearly, and early on. 
If you've got anybody in the meeting who cannot articulate what the point of the meeting is, then as far as they're concerned, the meeting's a failure. Consider who needs to be there. If it isn't essential for someone to come along, then let's let them off the hook. At the end of the day, we've all got too many meetings to go to anyway, so do someone a favor and take one off one of their to-do lists. Setting an agenda ahead of time. So this is making sure we give people a sense of what they're coming into. And even if it's just a bullet point of lists or some handouts, it means that they can come in prepared for a specific conversation and you'll waste less time in the meeting trying to lay out what the situation is and you can spend more time solving whatever problem you're trying to solve. End with clear action items. So be really clear on what needs to be done, who needs to do it, and when does it need to be done by. And actually, if we only achieve one thing, that's probably the most crucial step in making sure that a meeting pays off. And if your meetings are getting a bit fusty, change the roles. So don't just lead the meeting yourself, get someone else to take over. And maybe given a chance to someone who normally is quite quiet. That can challenge people in all sorts of different ways. Change the venue or the configuration. Now Richard Branson says, hold the meeting by the swimming pool. I guess we don't all have the luxury of owning a Caribbean island. But do you always have the meeting in the same room? Does everyone always sit in the same place? Just having it in a different room or switching up where people sit can make it feel a bit more energized. So those are seven ideas from Dean's article at Forbes.com. I'll put a link to the full article in the show notes with all 13 of his ideas. And if you hold meetings, have a look. It might help you make life better for the people that you ask to come along. Now, if you're looking for examples of what not to do, there's a great John Cleese video on YouTube called Meetings, Meetings, Meetings. I'll put a link in the show notes. Here's a snip. Why can't you do your work while you're at work? There isn't time. I have to go to meetings. Do you think it would make things easier if I came and slept at the office? Why don't you come and sleep at the meetings? Everyone else does. Timothy James Brown Smith. You're charged with chairing without due thought and preparation. How do you plead? I think I'm supposed to be in a meeting. But this is a dream. Sorry I'm late. Bloody planning, on and on as usual. Uh, what are we talking about this morning? Well, we better talk about that first. Uh, other an agenda. Item one, the agenda. Well, I, I always think it's very useful to get together like this, you know, just to see if... But what about if you're the lucky person who's been invited to one? Can you do anything to make it better? Well, I found a lovely article by Tom Catalini at worksmarterstressless.com, and it's called How to Avoid Meetings That Waste Your Time. 
Now, Tom's ideas aren't for everyone, but hopefully they can inspire you to protect your time and get more from this thing that you've been asked to come along to. And as always, I'll put a link to the full article in the show notes. So it opens with a great line attributed to Captain James T. Kirk. Meetings are where minutes are taken and hours are wasted. Now, Tom makes a really good point that meetings are a bit of a catch-22. On the one hand, you'd probably like to skip them. But on the other, if you do, you might not feel like you have a voice in the business that you're in. So, what do you do? Well, his first idea is something that we've referred to before. Make time for yourself, or as he says, book meetings with yourself. So if you book blocks in your calendar to do the things that you need to do, not only are you more likely to get them done, but if you get invited to a meeting, then you've got to make the conscious decision to either move that block of time, give up the thing that you plan to do, or even maybe challenge about why you should attend the meeting. And the added bonus is that if people are linked to your calendar, they can see that you're not available, which might at least ensure the meeting happens at another time. But if you can't avoid them, then there are some things that you can do which can limit the negative impact. Firstly, is there a clear purpose to the meeting? If you do a little bit of homework by reaching out to the person who's organised it and just clarifying what are the goals of the meeting? And often that can get the person to think a little bit more about what they're aiming to do with it. And hopefully that might help them improve their planning. The second thing is, are the other people prepared for the meeting? So again, if you can't skip it, then this might help at least make sure it's as useful as it can be. Most people that go to meetings aren't very well prepared. And it's worth checking out with the other people that are going, finding out what preparation they've done, and then working together to share some information or have a bit of a conversation beforehand. That can make sure that at least when you're all in there, you're not wasting time talking about things and you're actually getting stuff done. Now, we did touch on this before. Is it okay to say no? We've done a whole podcast episode on saying no. And sometimes it is okay to say no. If you feel you don't need to be at the particular meeting you've, you've been invited to, reach out to the person that's organized it and have a conversation with them. You might find it's much easier than you thought it would be. Ultimately, everyone is busy and they want to be efficient. And if you approach them professionally and in the spirit of wanting to help and just talking about whether or not you're really going to add value, you might be surprised at the results. Here's a cheeky one. Can you arrive late or leave early? So this works well if you have a conversation with the person who's organised it in advance. And what you can find is the agenda might shift in your favour. Suddenly, the thing that does relate to you happens early because the person that's hosting the meeting explains that you've got to leave early. Just like magic. You join in in the thing that's important to you and then you bail out. Now, Tom goes on to explain that these tips aren't about being difficult or selfish. But he says, and I'm reading from the article here, here's the thing. 
you're trying to be efficient with your time, and that's nothing to apologize for. In fact, your actions might just be the sort of thing that inspires others to rethink their own meeting strategies. And who knows, maybe if enough people start protecting their valuable time from wasteful meetings, the culture will start to shift a bit. What you don't want to do is to sacrifice your health and well-being by squeezing work in around wasteful events. Tom goes on to say, If you're staying late to get work done, or coming in early, or working on weekends, because your day is filled with useless meetings, then you're making a grave mistake. You're sacrificing your personal time, and you're adding lots of stress to yourself, and that doesn't help anyone. Now, I've got to agree with Tom there. Whatever we do for a living, we do it because the business that we work for or in wants us to do great work. And to do that, we've got to be bold about getting that great work done. If you're challenged in doing that because you're attending genuinely time-wasting meetings, then it's worth rethinking your approach. Thanks, Tom. I'll link your article, as always, in our show notes. Now, before we get into some much more creative and even radical ways of making meetings better, here's one more reminder about why we should put some work into this. I found a smashing TED Talk by David Grady, and he's pretty serious. He compares meetings to people in your organization stealing your time, as if they'd come up to you and stolen your chair. David talks here about an epidemic he calls MAS, Mindless Accept Syndrome. I have my chair back. <laughs> Every day, we allow our coworkers, who are otherwise very, very nice people, to steal from us. And I'm talking about something far more valuable than office furniture. I'm talking about time, your time. In fact, I believe that we are in the middle of a global epidemic of a terrible new illness known as MAS, Mindless Accept Syndrome. <laughs> the primary symptom of Mindless Accept Syndrome is just accepting a meeting invitation the minute it pops up in your calendar. <laughs> it's an involuntary reflex. Ding, click, bang, it's in your calendar. Gotta go, I'm already late for a meeting. David goes on to explain his cure, no MAS. Here's what he means. The truth is, we're not powerless at all. In fact, the cure from MAS is right here in our hands. It's right at our fingertips, literally. It's something that I call no MAS. <laughs> Which, if I remember my high school Spanish, means something like, enough already, make it stop. Right, here's how no MAS works. It's very simple, okay? First of all, the next time you get a meeting invitation that doesn't have a lot of information in it at all, click the tentative button. It's okay, you're allowed, that's why it's there. It's right next to the accept button, or the maybe button, or whatever button is there for you not to accept immediately. Then, get in touch with the person. This is a good talk, it's only six minutes long. It made me giggle, and I'll put the link in the show notes so you can watch it for yourself. Now, in our final section, we're going to take inspiration from some pretty big players and their approach to meetings, and it's not for the faint-hearted. Jeff Bezos. I never know whether it's Bezos or Bezos or Bezos. I'm going to stick with Bezos. Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, used to bring an empty chair to the meeting to remind people of the customer. He'd also apparently give senior executives a memo to read at the start of a meeting, and they'd have silent reading time. They'd have to think about it, 
take notes on what it said, and only then would they start talking. Richard Branson, who we mentioned earlier, apparently also banned PowerPoint. Andrew Fingerman, the CEO of Photo Shelter, spent a year refusing to hold meetings before noon, and he says that the impact on his productivity has been astounding. Matan Griffel, the CEO at One Month, took a similar approach. He'd only hold meetings on a Wednesday, and if the person couldn't make Wednesday, he'd offer the next Wednesday. Alex Villa, who's the founder and CEO of Healthify, purges every recurring meeting that they have in the company every six to nine months. Dina Alabid, who's the director of communications at Greenhouse, says, cut 30-minute meetings down to 20 minutes and one-hour meetings down to 45 minutes. Now, I really like this idea. Are you really going to take an hour to talk about what you want to talk about or can you get it down to 45 minutes? If you can do that, you give people 15 minutes back, plus you make the meeting a bit more pacey and probably give it a bit more energy. Steve Jobs would famously throw people out who aren't adding value, and he'd keep attendance really tight, only people who are absolutely vital. Bob Sutton, who's a Stanford management professor, says, get rid of the chairs. He says it makes the meeting shorter and people don't want to hang about. And in this age of the standing desk, he might have something there. The final thought in this section comes from Elon Musk. He apparently said, Walk out of meetings when you realize you're not adding value. It's not rude to leave, it's rude to stay and waste everyone's time. Now that's strident stuff. And as I said, I'm not suggesting you adopt the ideas from these stories, but they do give us food for thought. And I like the spirit behind Elon's point. After all, if you're not adding value to a meeting, why would you want to waste your own time, let alone anyone else's? Now, our meeting is coming to an end. And like a well-prepared meeting, we're going to end with some action points. We call them takeaways. And if you can take some of these ideas and make your world better, well, that's got to be good. And if you can make other people's worlds better, then that's surely got to be worthwhile. Is a meeting actually necessary? Or is there a better way to get the stuff done that you want to get done? Be clear on what the purpose is, send agendas in advance, and state up front what the point of the meeting is. Building some fun. I mean, it might be a serious subject, but will it help solve it if people are unhappy? Start on time, try to end early, and challenge the length of the meeting. Can you get 60 minutes of talk done in 45? Who's coming? Be really clear about why you're inviting each person. Is it the best use of their time? Will they add value? end with clear actions, owners of the actions, and timescales. Then for people that go to meetings, are you clear on the purpose? If not, reach out to the organiser and ask them. It might help you both if you can get that bit clear. Talk to the other people who are invited. Are they prepared? Can you help each other out and make the actual meeting shorter or better? Block time off in your calendar for meetings with yourself. Even if you only do an hour a day or three or four a week, 
you'll get more done, and you might signal that these times aren't available for other people. And finally, can you say no? Now, if you act professionally and explain that your aim is always to add value, the organiser might see that on this occasion, this is not the best use of other people's time or yours. So, before you get back to stuff that's much more important than this, if we've helped stimulate some ideas and some thoughts that can help you, can you get back to me, please, to confirm who is owning these actions and what day you're going to get them done by? I'm only joking. Well, I'm half joking. But if you're still listening, because you haven't walked out halfway, then perhaps we did make you think. But thinking is only half the solution. This has been a waste of both of our time if you don't take those thoughts and then turn them into actions that can help you get better. All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do and I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye. Now, while finding out about this subject, I found a piece by a chap called Drayton Bird. Drayton wrote an article called Please Read Carefully Before You Even Think of Attending a Meeting. And in it, he put together an agenda for something that he called the Brand Planning Workshop. See if you recognise any of this. Nine o'clock, unnecessary introductions. 9.15, presentation of biased market research results. 10 o'clock, Awkward morning tea. 10.30. Some b**ks about emotional laddering. 11 o'clock. Breakout groups. Meaningless diagrams on butcher's paper that nobody will ever look at again. 12 o'clock. Lunch. Opportunity to ignore each other while staring at screens. 1 o'clock. Hypothetical game based on inappropriate military metaphor. 2 o'clock. Three-hour discussion on the tagline Progress is our passion. More time available if needed. Five o'clock. Agreement on next steps that will never happen because everybody will be too busy planning next year's workshop. Now actually, I'd change that last one slightly to next steps that may never happen because everybody will be too busy attending meetings. I'll put the full article by Drayton in the show notes. It is a funny read.